Welcome to Functional Medicine with Alexandra Brewster. Alex is one of five Australian certified practitioners through the Institute of Functional Medicine and focuses on identifying the root cause of disease by taking into account an individual's genes, environment and lifestyle for treatment. She's the principal naturopath at Healing Hands Natural Health Centre in Ipswich, Queensland. Along with her talents as a Western herbalist and nutritionist, she has also excelled previously as a midwife and registered nurse. At Alex's practice, health is a right, not a privilege. Welcome, Alex. Thanks, Bindi. It's nice to be back into the chair and getting back into the mojo of recording a few of these things. Yes, and I have to say, <clears throat> we are so lucky because uh, we have your puppies on our laps. Oh, I know. <laughs> there's, there's nothing better than podcasts and puppies. <laughs> podcasts and puppies. Wow, that would be a that, yeah, we could do a whole channel on that. Yes, <laughs> we've got we've got the Chihuahua each on our laps. <laughs> one that's all of what four hundred grams. Yeah. my new baby, which I must post on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, oh, boy, don't chew. Yeah. Okay. Um, so before we get started, we have our disclaimer. Uh, you are not a medical doctor. But not. you are one of the seven uh, certified functional medicine practitioners in Australia. And uh, we just want people to look out for imitations. Yeah, because the name is getting bandied out. I've heard functional nutritionists and stuff. And I even had a patient the other day saying, oh, yeah, my, my mum-in-law goes to one on the sunny coast. And I thought, oh, I wonder who that is. And... There isn't one. Well, she wasn't functional. Mm. You know, I mean, functional medicine just, you can call it, you can say you practice functional medicine, I guess, but to be a certified practitioner is a completely different story. It takes a bloody ton load of work. You might as well be a doctor after it, oh, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know I don't want to step out of my lane and pretend I'm where I'm not. But, um, you know, I say functional medicine connects the dots, which is really nice. Um, there's, uh, there's a couple of thousand in the world. Um, shout out to all our international listeners. I've just found out that you know, it's it's um, we do have some some great um, listeners out there who um, who have taken on our podcast. So we're very very grateful and humbled that you think our information is worth listening to. India, Canada, New Zealand, America. Yeah. Thank you very much. I guess it's the English speakers, right? <laughs> well, that's who we want to reach, right? Yeah. Well, we, we, we love our uh, global listeners. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, and the Aussies. And the Aussies, of course. <laughs> um, but today uh, we are talking about allergies and hay fever in particular. Yeah, it's, um, it's spring in Oz. And it's funny because we've got two dogs in our laps and <laughs> a lot of people would be um, finding that, you know, I love, look, don't judge, or you can judge me, I mean, you know, <laughs> but I, being being German I uh, and I love Switzerland and I know it's dodgy, but I do love watching that movie Heidi. It was on again on SBS oh, last yeah. night and Clara is hiding the little kitten she's she's got from the market and I can't think Frau, whatever her name is, starts sneezing immediately, you know, so we're very lucky that we're both not sneezing and that's Freya you can hear whinging <laughs> because she, she's a worm. Mm. Um, you know, I think of E.E. E. Cummings as, an, as, as, a, as a poet that I quite like because he's a little bit sort of irreverent but he's got a great um, he's got a great little poem that says, spring is sprung, the grass has riz, I wonder where all the flowers is. <laughs> um, it's one of my favourites because it's A is easy to remember but a lot of people suffer. This time of year, yeah. In we're 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 in Queensland. We're recording in Queensland, and we've had some beautiful rain. Thank you, universe. And the flowers are magnificent. Mm. We've got the most. We've had the most beautiful blooms. Um, 
And, you know, there's a lot of beautiful fragrant blooms, including the mock oranges. I think this is the second time they've flowered. And mock oranges, Mariah, are, very, are notorious to cause allergies. So you know, there's, a lot, there's a lot of it going around right now, um, it, the, you know, um, and it's a common thing. Um, and, and hay fever has increased. It's like everything else, you know. Um, there's a lot more people with hay fever and, well, we can even lump food allergies into, mm. the, into the mix, you know. And, and why is that? Why are we now? We seem to be more sensitive than yes, ever. Yes, correct. Huh? And guess why that is, Belinda? You're why? Pretty, it's our gut. Ah, of course. We didn't talk about the gut last, of last course. podcast. Yeah, because there's something called the gut-associated lymphoid tissue, mm. the GALT, G-A-L-T, or um, I think it's also called malt mucosal-associated lymphoid tissue, but it's GALT's the most common name. And um, that sits behind the gut and that is in direct, um, the gut is in direct um, contact with that lymphatic tissue and the lymphatics are where all your white blood cells live Mm. and it's the white blood cell reaction, one particular, and they look really cute under microscope, I might add. They're really bright and sparkly and they've got two big nuclei so they actually look like little aliens. You've seen them, eosinophils I'm talking about. Yep. And they're the ones that are responsible so the way our body works when it comes across a foreigner, it sort of looks at it and goes, oh, that's a foreigner. We'll engulf that because they move and they're really cool and, you know, they're a bit like the little blobs, that, <laughs> the old 70s movie. And um, then they sort of inject it with the, you know, it's all these biological poisons and um, release something called histamine. We all know that word. I mean, that's supposed to sort of neutralise it all. But when it sort of gets a bit out of control and the eosinophils are too busy bloody having a chat and everyone's releasing it and they... And it's all just going nuts. That's when we have all these these problems. But why the gut is um, why it's worse when when we have a problem with our gut is because I bang on about it all the time. It's the leaky gut. Mm. So leaky gut. We're not going to go too much into that. We do have a whole podcast on it. Um, and basically, all just think of the analogy: the gut should be like a sieve. Yep. And the gut associated lymphoid tissue sits behind that sieve. When we've got inflammation of the gut for whatever reasons, there's a podcast on it. Um, it becomes a colander because, you know, when you're inflamed little cells, they become puffy so the holes or the tight gap junctions become bigger. Mm. So then it's like you've got a colander. So stuff now starts leaking through that shouldn't leak through. Now this has got nothing to do with inhaled allergens, I know this. Mm. So now the eosinophils down there are getting more arced up. So then we inhale something through our mucoidal tissue in the lungs. Leaky gut equals leaky lungs, right? Mm. Bam. We start getting all these symptoms of allergy and then you get inflammation. And what are those signs of, you know, snotty nose and, and, and congestion is the, 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 the mucous membranes are inflamed. Mm. And then, you know, all those white blood cells start going, oh, this is all bad. And then that's when we get that lovely snot. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, we can look at the symptoms, but um, when we're talking about leaky gut, I mean, obviously the, the number one cause of that it's our diet, right? Yeah, food, rainbow foods, the best. Yeah, and actually the overuse of antibodies. Not that I'm suggesting anyone should not get antibiotics because it's handy not to die of a galloping infection. Yeah. But it's the anti- 70% of antibiotics used in agriculture and, mm. and livestock. Well, actually, beg your pardon, not agriculture because I don't know what I'm talking about. It's livestock. Yeah. Okay, so in the feedlots. And by default, we're eating antibiotic-laden food. Mm. And it does. It does. I mean, people go, oh, where's the research? There's plenty. 
There's plenty. Yep. It does, does affect our microbiome. And then because the microbiome is affected, we get that inflammation because there's certain microorganisms that, um, that overgrow and they're the ones that cause inflammation through um, a few phenomena, but some of them have these LPSs, lipopolysaccharides attached to them, which are all sorts of inflammatory and horrible. And then so, you know, then you inhale these extra allergens, the pollens from the flower. It's the pollens apparently because mm. they're, they're shaped like little, um, they're rough. Mm. And our body, and it gets dislodged in our, it gets lodged, not dislodged in our mucous membranes, and that's when we start um, mounting an immune response. And because it's already so arced up from the gut, it's just going to be a million times worse. Mm. That's an exaggeration. I made that up. But um, so the the, the first and foremost, if we have allergies, and this is how food allergies happen, exactly the same way, if we have allergies, we have to look after our gut. Mm. You know, so I'm going to do my rules because I haven't done my rules for a couple of podcasts. <laughs> Eat food that rots because if the bugs outside are going to like them, the bugs inside are going to like them. I'm not, look, you're sure you can eat your sauerkraut and your kimchi and your homemade don't buy the commercial kombucha. That's all good. They've already got probiotics in them. But any food that has a capacity to rot like an apple as opposed to a certain brand cheeseburger, which have been known to sit in basements for 20, 30 years, um, the bugs are going to like them on the outside. Chances are the bugs are going to like them on the inside. I've got this theory that's why fish is so good. Fish mm. goes off so quickly. The minute, yep. we, minute some of us at the clinic have fish, there's blowflies everywhere. It must be so good for us, mm. you know. Mm. Um, must, our bugs, gut bugs must love them because we essentially eat foods to feed our bugs and then they digest it enough for us to absorb these short-chain fatty acids. So um, that's the first rule. Only eat food that rots because of the bugs outside are going to like them, the bug inside are going to like them. Only eat food... That your great, 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 great times eight grandmother would have recognised <laughs> as food because that I've worked it out. That's the generations that take us pre-industrial revolution when they started playing with our food and frankenfooding it. Yep. Right. And the classic here for the one and two rules is margarine. Mm. Margarine, granny wouldn't have recognised it. No. Nope. You know, they actually, have we talked about this probably a hundred times? Um, they've, yeah. They've found that guy in a trailer somewhere in the Utah desert, might not have been Utah, that's the only desert I know in America. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, and he'd been dead so long he was completely um, decomposed. But they basically looked and tried to find clues and they found some margarine in his fridge. Not that I'm saying the margarine killed him, guys. <laughs> but they pretty much put it in the fridge and it looked exactly the same. Wow. So... Um, and you can do it. You can actually do an experiment with this. You can put butter out and you can put margarine out. Nothing touches the margarine. Mm. But the ants and the, and the bugs love the butter. Yeah. So that's the second rule <clears throat> and that's sort of kind of first. But and, you know, and, and genetically <clears throat> what what is making us sicker is that we're, we're turning on genes that cause illness because the genes don't change unless we've got a mutation, mm. right? So we've still got those genes that Great Granny Times 8 pre-industrial revolution had. So surely we should be feeding those genes. Mm. So that's hence my second rule. I need food that rots. I need food that great granny recognised. Um, and fresh is best. Free range is better. Organic. No, fresh is good. Free range is better. Organic is best. Mm. You do what you can afford and you don't have to go all 100% one way. And that brings me to my sixth rule is only God is perfect and even he rested on the seventh day. I had a golden gay time on the weekend because it's hard to have a gay time on your own. <laughs> That's seriously why I eat that stuff. <laughs> I'm so glad they haven't changed that catch cry. I love it so much. <laughs> so, But I don't do it every day. No. I'm not God. No. 
you know. So the, they're, they're the rules. And essentially if you stick to those rules, you are eating the rainbow. Mm. You are eating fresh. It's so interesting. I just saw someone the other day on socials um, saying that they, they've never felt better in their life and, you know, the big change that they made is that they're eating fresh fruit and vegetables <laughs> and meat and nothing processed. And I was like, well, that's a radical idea. Yeah, I know, revelation. <laughs> Well, good, you know, and be good on them for figuring it out. Yeah. You know, like um, I I might have actually um, caused a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the word, conjecture on a certain community page because everyone's posting about Halloween and how many lollies their kids got. So I might have actually just put the legend of Halloween and great <laughs> way to feed crap into your children. So no one, no one really liked that. I guess that was a big magnanimous of me. But, you know, this is why we, when I was first, I know we're talking about allergies, but when I was first nursing in 1982, I actually didn't learn of autism, Bindi. Mm. The gene was there, but it was the incidence of one in 10,000 or something. Now it's one in 36. There is a reason and it comes, a lot of it, it's never just one. Mm. You know, and so basically it's it's very similar. We've got to look after our microbiome so they don't piss off our immune system. But so so fixing that up and following those eights, how many rules are there? Six. <laughs> you think I'd know I only say it about 50 times a day. Um, following those rules are slowly and steadily going to get better, your allergies better and better. I was talking to a patient of mine and she's actually quite healthy, you know, very. She's she's um, a good BMI. She's a gardener. She's in her sixties, sprightly uh, young lady, and um, came to me for a completely different reason, which I'll keep private. But we've talked. We worked about her gut, mm. and she said that she's all her life she's had an allergy to lavender, which the whole family finds ironic because she's such a gardener. Wow, uh, lavender and one other thing. I can't remember this. There was something else she was allergic to. Anyway, saw her the other day. She said, oh, I have to tell you. Now, this lady I've been, we've been seeing each other in clinic for about three years minimum, mm. right? I'm not very good with numbers, so I can't remember the time very good, very well. And she said, guess what? She said, I was at a friend's place and before I knew it, I was sitting in her uh, thing with lavender and I don't have an allergy anymore. And I went, well, there you go, boom. Right, I said, just don't just just don't go and buy the lavender oil. I said to him, but you know, <laughs> and put it don't put it in your garden because it could still trigger stuff. But we've been working on her gut. Mm. We've been working on changing food over as much as we can. We've been working on eliminating um, toxins from her cupboard. She's you know, and she's one of these one that took up and ran with it. So if I say, if you go, oh, Alex is full of crap, I've, I've given up my cheeseburgers and I'm still sneezing at the mock oranges, you've got to give it a few years. <laughs> it takes time. Yeah, it takes time. And the thing is, in particular, if you've had, before you had your children, you're mm. going to make your kids that much healthier. Mm. But so, so immediate, but, but we are in the Western world and everyone likes an immediate fix. So hang on, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm cheating. I've got to look at my notes and my, um, my phone didn't like my face today. <laughs> So, uh, um, so what 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 can we talk about with allergies? Is certainly we're going to we talked about the gut and we talked about eating the rainbow, and you know, and also we've got to be aware of foods that um, we may actually just personally, as much as they're healthy, may have a bit of an intolerance to. And this is you know we're not going to do an MB metabolic balance talk today. That always seems to slip in there, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> you know. Um, um, I have two food allergies that I've had for a long time. Tomatoes and olive oil, yes, I know, shock, horror, gasp. 
that do really, if I have them, it makes my hay fever worse for other things. Mm. So, you know, you have to be a bit of a personal sleuth and try and, and you can work with a functional medicine person or, or someone that you, you know, you have faith in to see if they, you can ascertain what, what, what it is. But, um, yeah, so, so eliminating all your foods that cause your problems, you know, um, is a good idea, but then I'm not saying do go dairy free, gluten free, vegan, whatever. Because great great granny times eight wouldn't have recognised that she had a balanced diet. Mm. So, but if it's causing a problem at the time, you probably should get get you know get get take them out of your diet to decrease that whole eosinophilic response, so we can get on top of these allergies. Now, interestingly, the, the naturopath, naturopaths and functional medicine people have been talking about quercetin for years. Now, a lot of people are going to prick their ears up because this is. This is the one that um, people are talking about to help um, with a certain virus that's in pandemic stages right now. Mm. So quercetin is actually um, uh, a, it's a great one to mediate histamine release. It quenches histamine, and they reckon that's pretty a little bit how it works with COVID and the ACE receptors. Right. Um, so quercetin, yes, you can buy it in singular nutrients. It's, it, it, I don't, I don't actually recommend a singular nutrient anyway. Uh, not when things like that, because it is a flavonoid. Mm. So um, we want to have the rainbow. We just don't want the one colour. And quercetin is in, yes, you guessed it, rainbow food, <laughs> garlic, mm. onions, apples, grapes, berries, broccoli, citrus. Citrus has always been used for colds and flus, as is garlic and onions, ironically. Mm. Cherries, green tea, coffee. Oh, I'll be right. Yeah. Kale and other green leafies and cherry tomatoes, right? So... Quercetin is a really good first-line defence. Again, it's not going to happen overnight, but quercetin actually will ameliorate the symptoms. Mm. So it's a good one. But I usually um, sell it in a uh, – prescribe it in a uh, in a bit of a compound. Now, the problem is, of course, people that have the highest allergic, re- allergic responses are the ones with the most crappy guts, huh? pun intended. <laughs> um, so they do tend to have – sometimes have reactions to garlic and onions. Yeah. There's lots of other things. And I do think sometimes an apple a day keeps the doctor away has come from all this stuff. Yeah. It might seem a little off track, but is there any um, crossover here with things like FODMAP diets, you know, where people actually eliminating things out of their diet because they react to them? Yeah, FODMAP's diet, again, a great short term. I get people who have been on FODMAP diets for four years. Now, you know, the whole idea of FODMAP diet is that's a really good point. Is it's usually SIBO. I know maybe we should do a podcast on SIBO. Um, that strikes fear into people's hearts when I say they have to go on a SIBO diet. Um, SIBO FODMAP when you when you have allergies to FODMAP foods, it's it's definitely got inflammation. But just by continue, so think about this. So we've got the colander. So now we're just eliminating all the foods that the gut-associated lymphoid tissue is reacting to without fixing the problem. So by eliminating these foods, this is, ha- this is what happens with patients who have been on it for a long time, all of a sudden you develop an allergy to another food. Yeah. Because you haven't fixed the problem. Mm. The colander is still there and um, we have to – we ha- and the gut microbiome still have got an aberration to it. So, you know, I – it's 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 great short term. It's not a long term. It should never be a long term solution. And the the most amazing Australian um, nutritionist nurse who actually just uh, invented it always said it should never be uh, a long term solution. Because mm. in the, at the end of the day, we want to eat what Granny ate. Yeah, and that's everything, including wheat. 
mm. including dairy. You know, we may eliminate it for a while. A lot of people have allergies to dairy because the dairy they're eating is not the dairy that great granny times ate recognised to start with. Yeah, well, it's generally highly processed, yeah. isn't it? So, um, but but we have we have to eliminate it to start with until we heal heal the gut, and then we introduce it again. Mm. It's really cool. Isn't it amazing? The body can heal itself. And um, I've also I was reading something recently, um, particularly, and I, I know this is a little off track. Um, people with arthritis, yes, um, having processed foods can actually make it worse. Well, it's the same. It's not off tra- track, especially mm. rheumatoid arthritis, because that is a, an autoimmune disease. Yeah, and that is the exact opposite. So through this process called as allergies, well, not opposite, but it's so you've got this gut-associated lymphoid tissue that's arced up, something comes through, um, um, often it is gluten or dairy, um, but not always, and then the immune system recognises it and makes this immune complex, which is the natural physiological response. And then through this process called molecular mimicry, the body goes, oh, look at that. Um, articulating cartilage in her knee that looks exactly like what's just come through the gut let's attack it i think it i think the the, the narrative is going to be a little bit more complicated than that um science has known about this since 2011 it was in the new scientist magazine that all autoimmune disease has something to do with microbiota in the gut mm. um so it's not an old, it's not a new theory um and like ankylosing spondylosis they've actually found that's a autoimmune disease that attacks the actual vertebrae in the back and fuses them um they've actually found the causative microorganism in the gut that causes that. Mm. So, yes, absolutely. But it's the sort of just the one step further. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's not off track at all. So absolutely. in terms of um, healing the gut, um, could people take probiotics yeah, to help? Of course. Yeah. Yes. A rainbow food, probiotic, clean up your food. Follow the six rules. You know, the, the, the antibiotics in our food chain is horrible. You know, for the Aussies out there, and everyone always goes, you, I'm not eating Skippy, kangaroo is truly the most sustainable, truly grass-fed, truly organic. They're not on a truck. They don't release cortisol. I mean, you could argue the helicopters probably use a bit mm. of fuel. But, um, you know, and you don't, you can you can start slow and go low the other way around, go low and start slow. <laughs> you know, you can mix it with a bit of chicken and do it. I'm, I'm no chef, but, you know, I've just found very quickly with kangaroo, the way the restaurants cook it is not for me. I like to slow cook it in my slow cooker with lots of red wine, garlic, yep. onions, um, and I. And, and when before, what how I did it for my kids is I just sort of did it half and half with something else. Mushrooms, mm. mushrooms are also incredibly good, incredibly good for the immune system and, and histamine release. So, what other foods would you recommend that people could use for a bit of a, a gut cleanse? Um, well, just the the rainbow food, basically. The foods that have not been adulterated. Yeah. Adulterated? Is that the right word? Adulterated. Um, yeah, just stick to your Instagram friend or person as natural as possible. Yep. Stay stay away. You know, the, the people, you know, who unfortunately have got um, rosacea and get put on long-term antibiotics develop the worst allergies. Mm. There might There are pretty few people nodding as I say that. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it is um, – it is such an insidious thing. Just eat fibre. Fibre is what the gut bugs love. I'm never ever telling, going to tell you not to eat grains. Yeah. Just try and stay away the stuff that's been sprayed with Roundup. So try and go organic. In Australia it's pretty much all available these days. You can get organic 
um, pasta, mm. unless you've got a problem with wheat, you know, you may need help to ascertain what the problems are. Yeah. You know, FODMAPs is gluten-free. So if you're on the FODMAPs diet, you know, maybe stay on that for a while, but really then start thinking about healing your gut. Don't go out and buy a vegan burger that's highly processed. Yeah. Vegan ja- a burger at certain fast food outlet is no better than the, the big one they have. Mm. It's highly processed. People come to me and they say, I've gone vegan. I said, why? Great granny wouldn't have recognised it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we do need the protein too, don't we? Mm. Mm. That's exactly right. And the way they make – look, you know, I've – I'm not – do I saying don't go vegan? No, I know quite a few and my son-in-law is one of them. But it's hard work to be yeah. a good vegan. Mm. It is bloody hard work. So relying on, on a lot of that processed stuff is just the same as relying on the processed food um, – from certain fast food outlets. It's exactly the same. Yeah. So um, gut cleanse, um, probiotics definitely will always help, um, but it depends how bad down the garden path you are with the gut because, you know, you always think about um, the gut being like a hugely vegetable, a weedy vegetable garden, and if you put a probiotic in, you might put two tomato seeds in. Yeah. So um, by just generally starving out the bad guys, it takes time. Mm. But I think, you know, probably the, the best thing we could recommend is just start. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. one foot at a time. There is also another supplement which I'm sorry, American um, listeners, they've just, FDA's just decided you guys can't have it anymore and I think they're making noises in Australia. It's called N-acetylcysteine or NAC. NAC mm. is the freaking bomb. That stuff is magic. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. So the FDA, I think, um, got rid of it or banned it. Why on earth would they do that? Oh, who knows, hey? Works so well. Who would have hmm. thought why would they do it? Oh, whoops, that means you can't sell antibiotics, right? Yes. Oh. So if you think about a lot of hay fever and sinus, you think about our sinus. Our sinus is just big gaps in our head because if our heads were full of, full of bones, we, we wouldn't have any resonance to our voice Yeah. and we wouldn't be actually be able to lift our heads off the off the table. It's a funny thing to think about, isn't it? Yeah, that is. <laughs> Got holes in my head. I oh, know, huge holes. <laughs> there's quite a few. It's not just the frontal sinus, there's maxillary and turbinal. Oh, no, it's not. I can't think. Like, oh, that's nursing 101 and I can't remember them. <laughs> but basically they've, um, they're, they're, big, they're big cavities and some of them have got little turbinate things in them, little whirls and stuff to the air and it gives us resonance to our voice and depending on the shapes of our that hot that gives us our voices, isn't it yeah. cool? So cool, but it's also f- uh, mucous membranes, so yep. it's aligned with all those mucous membranes. The nice soft stuff. Now think about what bugs love. Mm. They love dark moisture. They love moist, and they love warm. And then they start irritating, and then the white blood cells move in, and now we have mucus. Ew, and they love that too. Mm. And so what happens is, um, you know, when we're talking about dogs. Both of them are sleeping on our laps. This is just <laughs> we should post a photo. It's so cute. Oh, they are cute. Um, you know when you, um, especially in Queensland summer, you have to wash your dog boil out every couple of days or you get that slime. Yeah. So that's called a biofilm, actually quite toxic to the dogs. But they, it, that's, that just means that your the funguses in that dog bowl have become highly organised. Mm. This is a little bit creepy actually. Ooh. I know. So basically um, biofilms are like a walled city of microorganisms. Now, all of them do it. All micros, good, bad and ugly, do it. They feel, create these biofilms. And some of them are so highly organised that they'll pump out antibiotics and pump in nutrients, also known as antibiotic resistance. Mm. Right? This is how it works. So um, 
What happens is when we have chronic sinusitis, we tend to have, a, and they're really lovely colour, they're bright green, mm. have these lovely fungal balls, have their own biofilm that sit behind the turbinates often where you just can't get them. Ew. I know. That's why sometimes nasal sprays work a little bit and then it gets worse. Yeah. NAC dissolves biofilm. It's pretty cool. So then you've taken the fort away so the trebuchets can get in. Mm. So that's how it works. So it doesn't actually kill the bacteria. It just gets rid of the organised biofilm so then the other stuff you're taking and your, or your own immune system can work. So that's why often people, there's talk about using it as nebulised knack and stuff, but I do feel a bit bad because half the world, well, in particular the US, can't get it anymore. Um, it, and it tastes good. It actually is a sulfurated amino acid, so it's going to help sulfation, which is a detox pathway. It does smell a bit like fart. Um, <laughs> it does, the sulfurated, so, but it tastes I quite noticed. good. I never Yeah. It is actually the nice sour berry flavour. Yeah, it's got like a berry taste to it. Mm. It's quite nice. And yeah. if you've got a really runny nose and you're just really stuffed in the head, it is magic for yeah. that. But all you're doing is destroying the biofilm. Yeah. And then your immune system's doing the rest. Cool, hey? Mm. So note of caution because there's so much study, so much study on NAC for lots of things and this, you know, mental health works really well in combination with um, conventional drugs, um, bipolar, really lots of study, um, addictions. Mm. So some people end up taking it for a long time, but that's like kind of being on FODMAP for a long time. Yeah. We have biofilm galore to those 10 to the power of 14 microorganisms living in our gut. So I'm never a fan of using it long term. I have used it for mental health for longer than I would normally use it for an acute thing like a sinus or um, hay fever. But if you can get your hand on some NAC. Was I reading somewhere that NAC has similar properties to like paracetamol or, or something like that? I, I went down a rabbit hole one day. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, oh, well, actually, look, how I don't know about what you're reading, but I do know that Paracetamol, <laughs> paracetamol or acetonomyphen or whatever it's called in America, um, Panadol in Australia. Um, actually, when I was school nurse, I actually tried to get rid of Panadol because it's so toxic. The best way you can overdose is through paracetamol because once you've found out you've, you've, you don't go to sleep, what it does, it overwhelms the glutathione detoxification pathways in the liver. Mm. Right. So it actually, you, you die to it. It's not nice. Two or three days later of um, abject liver failure. That's what kills you with paracetamol right. overdose. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes by the time the stomach's pumped out, it's too late. Yeah. So it does really overwhelm. And that's why when I found out about this, and I, I really did not want to give it out to the kids as much anymore because, you know, and especially this is why when I was nurse vaccinating, we used to say, give a panel. Worst thing you can do. Yeah. Because it overwhelms the pathways the body needs to help cope with the vaccine. Mm. So NAC is one of the trifecta, I call them the trifecta that makes up glutathione. Right. And NAC, glutamine and glycine, that's that's the three amino acids that's on the glutathione base, or the base that makes glutathione. So maybe that's where you, the maybe. analogy. Yeah. Um, in itself, I don't know if it works as a painkiller, but it bloody works for everything else. Yeah. It's it's magic stuff. Yeah, yeah. So in Australia, um, it's really difficult to get. We can't get it anymore. We're stockpiled. <laughs> <laughs> but I, we're on, we're at the tail end of it now too. And it also is actually a great detoxer um, for this the current inoculation as well. I think I've, that's why it's having yeah. tr- trouble. The powder, or, you know, that yeah. we, I gave you had knack in it. 
I've still got uh, a stock in my little pharmacy in London. Oh, yeah. Don't you worry. So do I. Mm -hmm. You watch. We'll get abducted in the middle of the night. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so NAC is amazing. Um, The other one, of course, I alluded to is medicinal mushrooms. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking the stuff with that goes blue when you pick them. Not the magic mushrooms. Yeah, they're the ones. But um, so shiitake, reishi, they, I did a whole, um, I think I might even be on the website, I did a whole thing on mushrooms. Mm. And Lyndall wrote something in our e- on our email too. That's uh, my other practitioner, one of my other practitioners. Um, but And this, I think, actually one of the reasons why my client can now have lavender. Uh, medicinal mushrooms in some form or other as a powder or whatever um, it is really hard to get the the um, the right dose in food, which you can. Button mushrooms are actually really good if you cook them for over an hour. Really? Yeah, it's good for your hormones too. So um, they release something that I can't remember the name of. So you can use a soup or a gravy or whatever. Um, but you could add your shiitakes or your um, um, oysters, reishis, uh, lion's mane. Shiitakes are great detoxes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, they, they're just fantastic, yeah. you know. And the interesting thing is that they, um, they absorb radiation. Mm. So just be careful where you buy them from. You don't want to be buying them from, from certain countries who had nuclear spills, mm. just saying. And then there's the vitamin D element as well, which we're going to be talking about yes. a bit later. Yes, well, we're talking about it in the next podcast, mm. vitamin D and how mushrooms are good for that. Um, turmeric is just a great anti-inflammatory and yep. it's delicious, you know. Um, probiotics we've already talked about. Honey. Honey. Honey is amazing. I recently just put a, um, a you know, I get down rabbit holes too when I get my Facebook posts going. And um, I think it was last Thursday on the Healing Hands um, Facebook, or it could have been Friday. You know how kids put anything in their mouths? Mm-hmm. I kind of know that a bit with a puppy. She's the <laughs> same, for goodness sake. Um, but they'll swallow those little batteries. Yeah. You know, and they're so bad, the and little the stu- button batteries, yeah. yeah. And the stomach acid will get to them, and that's if Ooh. they tell you. So they can this can this this can you know be very 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 bad emergency. If you give your child a couple of tablespoons or teaspoons of honey, it really ameliorates the effect. Really, you still got to go and get them stomach pumped. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but it may actually be the thing that saves their lives. So while you get them to the hospital, or the ambulance comes. And when you're talking honey, we're talking like raw organic honey, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, or even um, yeah. the manuka. Yeah, but if the only thing you have in your house is um, honey from coals, freaking use it. Yeah, same, same, yeah. same, yes. same. Yeah. So I'm just having a look here. Um, I can't remember what it is. Um, the exact component, but it'll be on my Facebook page. Actually, I do have to do a caveat on honey, in particular raw um, organic. You cannot use it on children under 12 months of old age. Mm. Honey honey is great. Nothing basically grows in honey, mm. right? So in the, the old nurses, we, we used to put them on bed sores and stuff like that. Because it's antibacterial, right? Antimicrobial. Yeah, right. Everything. But... Sometimes honey can have the spores of botulism because mm. it doesn't grow in there. But unfortunately, the little ones don't have enough stomach acid yeah. before age 12 months. And so then they can get botulism from it. So that's how that's we, we as oldies can't have we got, you know. But that's the whole idea of putting honey on the dummy was never a great idea anyway. Mm. But honey is nice in your turmeric latte mm. if, you're trouble, if you're having trouble with allergies. Um, and you can use other milks if dairy is something that makes your allergies worse, you know. Um, I'm, I think that's anything else I haven't covered. I think uh, really just then to wrap up, um, you know, really try to heal the gut. 
Yes. Um, eat the rainbow. Yes. Um, try to eliminate any of those toxins. Yes. And, um, you know, I think the other bit that we haven't mentioned that you always like to mention is water. Oh, yeah. Well, water, 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 water. You know, water is we're 65% water, I think. Some people say they're banning around 90. I think it's about 65%. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's the universal solvent. It's going to flush lots of things out. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's like we don't have enough water. It's like trying to drive your car without That's water it. and the radiator. Yep. It don't work. It's a cooling and it's flushing and it's, and it's great, you know. Um, if you are really having bad time with allergies and hay fever, it may be worth getting some sort of allergy testing yeah. and, and admitting that. Uh, admitting that, the problem is with conventional allergy testing. Oh, sorry, I just bashed the microphone. Is that um, they often just do IgG IgE testing, which is like the worst of the worst allergies. Yeah. And so what comes up is pollens and dust mites. Yeah, or nothing at all. Yeah, or nothing. Um, so you know, it's a bit hard. To tell your city council to cut down all the mock oranges because you've got an <laughs> allergy to them. So it's certainly better to arm yourself, you know, change yourself, not the environment. Yeah, it all starts with us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But certainly putting yourself in that, you know, that direction will help. And, yeah, just your normals, by the way. Like I'm not saying that zinc won't help. I'm not saying vitamin D won't help. I'm not saying vitamin C won't help. They all will help. But these ones are targeted specifically for hay fever and allergies. Thank you for listening to Functional Medicine with Alexandra Brewster. For more information on functional medicine in Alex's practice, visit healinghandsipswich.com.au.